Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to our National Signing Day podcast. I'm your host, Matt Carter, joined by the star of the Wolfpacker website over the past few weeks. He's, he's, he's trying to be humble right now, but he really is the star of the website of the last couple of weeks. Ethan McDowell, um, we're recording this podcast about noon, noon Eastern time, and all 17 of the high school and junior college signees have sent in their letter of intent. Um, we still don't know. My, my impression was that the three transfers would also be announced today at some point. But we'll wait and see. They are, they don't formally sign anything. That's just a simple enrollment practice. So we'll see how that plays out. But we're going to focus on the 17 high school and junior college, 15 high school, two junior college players um, in this podcast. But before we do that, I have to take care of a little bit of a house cleaning here to remind you to please rate, review, subscribe this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're everywhere. Uh, get your podcast. You can find us, um, Apple, Spotify, all of those. Or better yet, if you want to watch us on YouTube and check out this really cool background that the uh, the great guys that on three Trey Yannity shout out uh, provided with us. Um, check that out and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're getting closer and closer to two thousand subscri- uh, followers, which is unbelievable um, to think of where we started and how we built built that up and. Go there and check out the new uh, assistant coaches. They met with the media yesterday, Robert and I, and Garrett 2J. Um, and I got his first name right. I've been having a hard time getting mixing up his names. But uh, they were both very good interviews, so highly recommend you check that out. And last, but certainly not least, um, shout out to our sponsor, Roadshop.com. Um your natural cannabis needs, they can take care of all of it, whether you have anxiety or chronic pain or sleep deprivation. Um, these are the natural way to try and treat uh, those symptoms. Um, all legal. They uh, have Delta A products as well. Um, they're on our website. So if you have any questions, shoot them a message on the message board and ask. We have a, a, a thread pinned at the top, or you can go to their website. They have a chat feature on their website to which they would talk to you. It's a small business, husband and wife, husband's a disabled veteran who uh, uses these products to, to um, treat some of the ailments that he has and is a believer in it. Um, and so it's, it's, a good, it's a good company and they're big supporters of the wolfpacker.com to so please support them. So I think I got it all. Oh, I, I forgot the big one, Ethan. Subscribe to our website. Yeah, signing day was really, if you were like, oh my goodness, this happened, that happened, this happened, subscribe to our website and do all of this stuff. So um, it was really not that dramatic for our subscribers because they were able to anticipate all of this. Ethan had a great thread on pre-signing day with all the developments and how it was expected to play out. 
um, pretty much batted a thousand on all, on all that. So better than Aaron Judge or Carlos Correa, who are both getting like $300, $400 million contracts to play in New York um, today. So uh, for $10, you can get the website up until uh, the start of next football season. And listen, we got silly season in basketball. This is going to be the busiest January football recruiting I can remember. We're going to have a schedule unveil coming out in football, spring football. Looks like we could have some bubble talk in basketball. So a lot of reason to subscribe to the website. So got all that out of the way. Ethan, let's talk football recruiting in class of 2023 for NC State. 17, as we talked about, 17 Chinese, 15 from the high school ranks, two from the junior college ranks. We're going to run them all down for you as quick as we can. But big picture, Ethan, how do you feel like NC State turned out? What do you think NC State might need? Looking a little bit ahead towards February and kind of previewing that as well. Overall, I'm I'm a huge fan of the class. I mean, I think it turned out really well. Um, in the age of NIL and the age of um, where it seems like there's near constant flips going on, NC State held on to all of its um, four-star commits, which is a big deal. That's not something to um, sleep on. Um, I actually doubt many um, Power 5 programs can say that right now. And um, obviously, if you go back to May and June, when you looked at the recruiting board, some NC State fans might be a little discouraged by, you know, some of the um, top targets they missed on. But if you look at how the coaching staff responded to those misses and the guys they were able to bring in, whether that was, um, you know, missing on Stan Quan Clark and then bringing in Kamal Bonner and Kelvon McBride or securing the commitment of Brandon Cisse, stuff like that, making sure you close on Concepcion, that's a big deal. And that's it, salvaged this class, and it brought in some really, really promising pieces that are going to be really exciting. Um, and just overall, looking forward, I mean, um, I know they love to bring in um, Elijah Caldwell, a receiver who just decommitted from West Virginia. Um, if he doesn't sign the day, um, then – I would anticipate NC State trying to bring him on campus. He wasn't able to make it last weekend because he ended up playing in the Shrine Bowl. Congrats to him. That's a huge accomplishment. And so if he decides to, you know, wait till February to make a decision, I think NC State will be right in the middle of that, which will be an exciting um, recruitment to watch. Um, and um, other than that, it'll probably be a lot of transfer portal stuff. It'll be probably pretty transfer portal heavy, but I'd um, really lock in and um, watch um, Caldwell's recruitment over the next couple months. We could mention that NC State does have three transfer portal uh, commits. Uh, wide receiver Dakari Collins from Clemson. Offensive lineman Dawson Jeremillo. Is that how you pronounce it? Do you know? Ethan? I'm not sure. That sounds right, though. Yeah. And uh, defensive back Robert Kennedy the third uh, from Old Dominion, who's been, uh, I believe, was targeted to be a nickel. Yeah. Yes, that's correct. Yep. yep. And so um, – all three of those guys, and, and there still could be one more waiting on Noah Potter, defensive lineman from Cincinnati. He's still out there. Miles Battle, a defensive back from Ole Miss that made an official visit, is also still out there. Um, and one more name to mention, um, uh, junior college safety, Bishop Fitzgerald is another that may take a visit. I, think, I believe he's the number one safety on the on three junior college 
Right. Yeah, he, he's a um, borderline top 10 he, um, JUCO recruit. He's a four-star prospect, and um, NC State got involved in his recruitment pretty late. Like last week, they extended an offer, and then literally a few hours ago, they, he included him in, in his top five, which is a huge deal. And um, I checked in with him. I talked with him. Um, it was either yesterday or the day before. Um, and he confirmed to me that that interest is genuine, and he is planning on taking a visit to NC State at some point um, before he decides, which he told me would be early to mid-January. Yeah. And um, so watch out for Arizona State there. Um, there's a few other schools to keep an eye on, but um, I, I like where NC State stands for Fitzgerald as well. Yeah, yeah they got their defensive tackle from Texas Tech, Philip Blady or Blighty. Apologies for not looking up how to pronounce his name as well, but uh, he's another one that may take a visit in January. So there's still a lot of activity left, and as we know, transfer portal will be very active. So let's kind of run through these guys. Ethan, you, you got to know a lot of them very well. So um, we'll just go in alphabetical order. Kamal Bonner, linebacker from Colquitt County, Georgia, um, was a one-time Georgia Tech commit. And then flipped to NC State. I think Wake Forest also got in the mix. Um, you know, to me, it seems like that, you know, if you're going to run a 3 3 defense, you need linebackers that can run. And it, it kind of fits that mold. If I'm right, you can correct me if I'm wrong. He was a safety that moved into a linebacker spot. And that, that really is what captured NC State's interest. Yeah. So, so what I love about NC State's linebacker class this year is that they are fast and super athletic. Um, Bonner was a safety up until this year. He's um, 6'2", 205 is the latest weight we have on on three form. But um, he's super fast, super physical, and um, linebacker is the perfect position for him, and that showed up this season. Um, I th believe, according to Max Preps, he didn't finish with um, too many tackles in any of his previous high school years, and then this year his production exploded where he had 125 tackles and his film pops. He looks really good really fast and i'm really excited about him um i felt good about his recruitment um really as soon as i talked to him after we received the nc state offer back at the beginning beginning of the fall he clearly had a lot of admiration for nc state's program and coach gibson and um coach gibson did a great job i'm um, staying involved in his recruitment um when he opened it, opened it back up after he decommitted from georgia tech wake forest was involved there but um, Coach Gibson, um, Coach Doran, the entire staff did a great job there to um, secure his commitment um, later in the fall. Um, yeah, kind of linebacker board was very interesting. It kind of had a whole recalibration of the linebacker board after, as you mentioned, Dan Quan Clark committed to, to Louisville. Did he sign with Louisville? I know there was. I know there was buzz about him potentially flipping to Auburn, but I don't know what ended up happening there. Yeah, yeah, I'll look that up later in the podcast while we're uh, figuring this out. So, yeah, he did. He did sign with Louisville. Okay, I looked it up. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Apparently, Miami with the other hat on the table. Um, Brandon Sisse, corner from Sumter, South Carolina. I'm working on a uh, class awards, and I'll go ahead and tease. Uh, that's what subscribers only, but. For the public, general public, he gets my award for best find by entry state in the class. I had nothing but mid-majors. I remember going up to talk to him. And he said, are you going to give me some stars now? Well, on three gave him He's four. He's got the stars. <laughs> on three gave him four. 
Um, you know, he, 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 got, he seems very enthusiastic about joining. He's a corner from Sumter, South Carolina, Lakewood High School. Um, very excited about coming to NC State. He's a great player. Um, I believe this, he was in NC State for the first camp weekend, so um, one of my first weeks here. And um, he was the first one of those guys where I watched him and I was like, whoa, why doesn't this dude have more offers? Yeah. And um, he went through some drills. He was competing against um, some really good receivers. I forget who who were that who was there that weekend, but um, guys that are going to the Power 5 level as well. And he was holding his own and beating them. And then immediately um, Coach um, Brian Mitchell, the cornerback's coach, um, pulled him aside and was talking to him on the sideline. And he was like, okay. Um, yep, the coaches are seeing the same thing here. He ended up getting the offer, was back on campus really quickly for an unofficial visit, and then ended up committing quickly. And um, at that point, he was still unranked and then got like a like an 84-something rating, like a consensus rating that was like a pretty low three-star. Um, I was a little confused by that because he has great size. He's 5'11 and a half. Um, I don't know if he can hit six foot. That's great size for a cornerback, especially at his speed that um, really shows up when you watch him at Lakewood. But um, then he started his senior season and started dominating on both sides of the ball, had a great year, um, really in all three phases of the game. Great receiver, great defensive back, and on special teams, um, an electric returner. So super excited about him. Um, and um, he ended up just skyrocketing up the rankings and ending up as a four-star prospect, which is um, right around where he should be, in my opinion. And, um, you know, when that happens, it's always important to, you know, keep in touch with the prospect and see what other schools are reaching out. And um, I can very confidently say that he never wavered. He was solid with NC State the entire way. He is a very enthusiastic member of this class and was a very important recruiter for this class as well. So I was really excited to see um, him officially join the team. And he'll be here in January. A lot of guys will be here in January as a Kamal Bonner um, as well. I don't know if we mentioned that with, with Bonner. So will Kevin Concepcion, wide receiver from Chambers High School in Charlotte. You know, you would think NC State and Carolina go head-to-head a lot and recruit them. They really don't. That's a, kind of one of those misconceptions about football recruiting. But this was a case where they did. A lot of times with the NC State players, they either want to go to UNC or they get persuaded about NC State and then – once you win that in-state battle, you have to fight off the out-of-state teams. With Concepcion, he did have some good out-of-state offers. Florida State offered him. I remember that. But this was an NC State-UNC battle that went all the way through the national anthem of his season opener at Chambers High School. Um, I remember we were all watching the Instagram live feed of his announcement, and I stood up. Uh, for the national anthem in my house, uh, waiting for, waiting for the announcement to come. Um, I had a chance to see him play. Ethan had a chance to see him play. Yeah, probably not. It kind of reminded me of Thayer Thomas. He's tough. He's sure-handed, similar size, good athlete. Probably not going to wow you with athleticism, but, but more athletic than you might think. And just a baller. I think that's the best way to put it for me. Just a, a flat-out baller. Yeah, he, he's a great football player. That's what showed up when I saw him live. Because, um, you know, he's um, he's a high three-star receiver for a reason. He's going to make plays on that side of the ball. But um, I saw him pretty early in the season against um, Highland Springs, which is a huge um, Virginia powerhouse high school. 
seven or eight um, power five um, players on their team um, or division one, I should say, not power five, but um, a really, really good program. And um, he ended that game with 250 all purpose yards. Um, they were, they connected with him on a long touchdown pass. He picked up probably like 80 rushing yards on just like jet sweeps and um, was doing it in pretty much any way you could had a couple big kickoff returns as well. And um, what impressed me the most about him is um, on special teams, he's also on kickoff coverage. And um, there was a couple big plays where um, Chambers was um, kind of starting to give up a lead and um, they scored to get back in it. And then on the ensuing kickoff, um, Conception flies down the field and um, delivers one of the hardest hits I've seen all year on the kickoff return. He puts a lot of effort into that phase of the game, which is something that's, you know, when you go to these games, that's something that's impressive to see because it's not always the case. Um, and then even when they started to lose the, their lead, they even put him at free safety for a little bit, um, let him compete out there. And um, he's just someone who wants to compete. And um, another really good recruiter for this class, a really just passionate about the Wolfpack and another guy I'm really excited about. Rohan Davey, one of the last guys, and, and we talked about that linebacker board kind of recalibrating. Rohan was actually one of the original targets at linebacker, but uh, he made a, a decision to pick Cincinnati. I remember he was supposed to, to visit NC State the weekend before he picked Cincinnati and ended up not visiting. And the Bearcats obviously lost their head coach, Luke Fickle. Went to Wisconsin. Uh, he was replaced by Scott Satterfield, who ironically had offered Rohan Davey while he was at Louisville. Um, but Entry State was able to get him in for an official visit, and then that was enough to get him to flip. He's from St. John's College Prep in Washington, D.C. He's a native of Silver Spring, Maryland, right outside of Washington, D.C. And uh, the thing about Rohan is, GoPack.com lists him as a linebacker, so I think that's what we should start with. They list him at 215 pounds, which, if that's true, then you can see the potential to be a linebacker. He's not a big guy. They have him at 5'10". I know on three had a verified measurement of 5'8 and a half, I think. Yep. I don't know how old and how dated that verified measurement was. I believe it was from this summer. Yeah. But, man, did he hit. I mean, he hits like a Mack, Mack truck. So uh, he kind of reminds me of that Tanner Engel type. Um, how is he going to fit on defense is the big question. Does he run well enough to be a safety? Can he get big enough to be a linebacker? There have been plenty of successful linebackers at five tennis over time, but you've got to really be able to hit. Um, look at Thunder Dan, which one of the best at NC State. He's not five 5'10". So um that's what stood out to me the, the kid can just flat out hit yeah um i mean when you look at it, i know many fans it's the natural inclination to go to a profile and you look at the rating and you see the 83.55 consensus rating and you're not wowed but um for all the nc state fans out there i implore you just go go watch his huddle go watch his highlight tape because the first couple of plays he just absolutely blows up receivers and running backs it is super impressive to watch him hit and his i mean his ratings low probably mostly because of his size i mean he's an he's an under armor all-american like he is one of six safeties in the country to get that recognition which is huge um that's a huge deal and um i i think he could be a really good player and but i do think 
there are question marks about his position. Um, I think it's really interesting that he's listed as a linebacker um, by NC State to start out because um, um, I think in today's game, it's really helpful to have those guys that can kind of be the linebacker safety hybrids. Um, and it'll be interesting to see um, how he develops and um, how much, what weight he can get up to while maintaining his speed. I, I, I haven't seen any. I'd like to see verified um, speed times or some track times if we can find them. But um, he's, an, he's another guy. He's a, he's a great late addition um, that basically fills the spot that was um, left open by um, Tamarcus Cooley's um, eventual flip to Maryland. Um, and uh, so that's, I think, is a great late addition to the class. You mentioned Tamarcus Cooley did flip on Shining Day. That's another one, if you remember, at the website. Uh, we were able to talk to him last week in the Shrine Bowl uh, via correspondence. And when I asked about his commitment to NC State, he said, if he considered himself an NC State commitment, he said, no, not really. So no surprise that he flipped to Maryland on Shining Day. Uh, one guy, I mean, I think when this young man committed, if you had to say who, who would be a guy that could be a flip watch, um, only because you knew national guys would be all over this kid is Damon Fagan, the uh, the top-rated prospect by stars, I should say. The next the man after him will actually have to higher rate him, but it's not the consensus four-star. The only player in this class to be a four-star by all four major recruiting services, uh, he from American Heritage and Fort Lauderdale, Florida, safety. Um, I think because he was so highly rated, and from South Florida and a legitimate targets of the likes of Ohio State and LSU and Miami was trying to get him to flip late, we understood. Uh, made entry state fans maybe sweat a little bit. I always, always one person that, do, that does this on National Signing Day. Um, They're they, the last one to sign, and, they, and the uh, minutes turn into hours when you're waiting. But he did sign. It was never really a concern from what we understood. It was just a matter of logistics. Uh, I, he looked like a ball hawk. He comes from an excellent program. And when you see him, I, we saw him on the official visit hanging around camp. Some players just have that presence about him. We're like, okay, that's what a four-star safety looks like. And I felt like that with Damon Fagan. When you saw him, yeah, yeah, I see why. I see why. People would rate him four star. He's a legit six two, six three, lean frame. Um, he's a guy that could play early. I think it's um tough to stand out when you're on a team as stacked as um American Heritage is. Um, they just lost in um their state championship game in a heartbreaker, but um they're they're a top fifteen team in the entire country. And um, Fagan was one of the clear um, best players on that squad. Um, it's always good to pull in um, um, people from programs like American Heritage. It's even better to pull in their best players. And, um, I mean, yeah, like you said, Fagan, it's not like he just had the offers, but they weren't maybe committable. Um, no, Miami was recruiting him really hard. Ohio State was recruiting him hard before he committed. Um, LSU was involved. It, um, there, there was a lot of really good programs after him, but um, hats off to um, safeties coach um, Joe DeForest. Um, they – Built a great relationship, and that was a huge reason why he's going to be in Raleigh. Um, I believe, um, yeah, so that's going to be um, – he'll be an exciting addition to the class as well. Um, I think 
I agree that he could be one of those um, play early candidates, especially with um, the playing time that's opening up at safety. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the things I think NC State did a nice job of, if, particularly if they land Noah Potter, kind of getting securing the depth of the defensive tackle, defensive end, whatever you want to call them, and the outside players and the three-man front. And one of the reasons for that is Jacobius Hibbler, or Jacobius Hibbler, a native of Louisville, Mississippi, not Louisville, Kentucky, Louisville, Mississippi, played at Northwest Mississippi Community College. Um, you know, watched the film, very similar defense in. She stayed a three-man front. They list him at 6'2", 255. Very productive. I think came close to double-digit sacks this year. They, uh, they were one of four teams that made the National Junior College playoff, like a four-team playoff in that division. Um, some people are very high on him. I think ESPN in particular thinks he's one of the elite junior college prospects now. Interstate was his only Power Five offer. Um, but hear me out real quick before we get into him. I think there is an opening right now. There's so much focus on transfer portal and NIL that the junior college might be a little bit more ripe for a school like NC State to jump into because some of these schools are, might be abandoning the junior college in favor of transfer portal. Um, so something to watch there. And since they got two, we'll talk about the next one next. Um, you know, Savion Jackson coming off a, a, an ACL injury. You do have Davin Van back, but you're also losing your primary two nose tackles. You probably want to slide CJ Clark back into nose tackle if he returns. So, a guy like Hibbler makes some sense. He kind of gives you an older depth piece to keep that, that strong play on the edge while Savion rehabs and moving Clark back inside if that's what they do. Um, so, yeah, this is a, a pickup that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, and I think particularly, even though I'd say, like, the defensive end spot is one of the more, um, like, I think it's one of the deeper positions NC State has right now, but... Um, when you add Hibbler in there, he, he has the speed, if you just watch his highlights, to be an elite pass rusher. And that's what he was when um, in, in the community college. He, he dominated. He just um, blows off the line of scrimmage and um, gets to the quarterback with just elite speed. And um, he's the consensus number 12 junior college recruit in the country. And that's an extremely good get for um for the wolf pack especially when um like you said it is somehow nc state was only his only power five offer but the coaching staff did a great job of um getting him on campus and then um just wrapping up that recruitment really quickly um it'll it'll be exciting to see how he does you had a junior college player is it torrente it's torrente yeah torrente hinton there's another one that kind of came together very quickly um Big corner, 6'3", if he ends up sticking at corner. Uh, he's a native of Alabama, Sarah Land, Alabama. Uh, went to Hutchinson Community College in Kansas. One of the things about Hinton is he has three years of eligibility versus Hibbler has two. Um, Hinton was pretty well regarded when I was doing my research on him at the high school level locally. He was an all-state performer. He played in the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star game, had two interceptions in that game. Um for whatever reason, didn't get the offers, probably he deserved. Um, I know Arizona State and Indiana also offered him, and he had just about every noticeable – him and Hibbler had just about every noticeable mid-major offer yeah. you could have, which 
goes back to my theory of is there an opening for some of these power five schools if they're willing to take it in the junior college ranks as the transfer portal becomes more and more prevalent. But um, you're losing Derek Pitts at corner. Sahim Battle walked on senior day. So you have, you know, he did just sign an NIL deal. So it makes you wonder if he's leaning towards coming back. But um, you know, it just kind of makes you feel better about you can never have too many corners. It makes you feel a little bit better about your depth at corner. I um I think Torrente's recruitment was the single most impressive um, recruitment by NC State staff this cycle. Um, he picked up an offer, I believe, December 9th. And um, like four days before that, um, maybe more like a week, uh, Brian Mitchell reached out for the first time. And um, a couple of days later was on a plane out to Kansas to go visit him. Um, they met in person. They talked football. And um, Mitchell made a huge impression just laying out um, how he's going to fit into the into the defense and um, just kind of selling NC State secondary. And um, got him on campus. Um, my understanding was after talking to Torrente that he was considering taking a visit to Indiana originally and um, was going to try to fit in both Indiana and NC State. But if it came down to it, he was totally fine with um, going just to NC State. And that's what ended up happening, and he picked the Wolf Pack. Um, he even had a um, visit um, scheduled to Oregon State for the first week of January, but um, you know he ended up shutting that down pretty quick. Um, that was a late another late team to come in, which um, you know it's impressive. Um, NC State separated themselves um, and uh, picked up a really good cornerback. He's an 88 by on. Rating, rating rated by on three, um, which is another high three-star guy, um, number seven junior, junior college corner in the country. And at 6'3", with um, three years of eligibility remaining, I mean, Coach Mitchell has shown the ability to develop cornerbacks. And um, so I'm pretty confident that with three years, uh, even if he's not contributing immediately, he could be a really, really nice piece for NC State um, at some point. And uh, Aiden White was his host on the official visit. And um, – those two hit it off too. And so you have those two guys, it's two six foot plus corners. Um, one of them's an all ACC first team um, performer. Um, that could be a really, really exciting duo in the next couple of years. Uh, yeah. And I kind of beginning to get to the point there during the season. I think we were both wondering if Aiden White was playing his way on the NFL radars with the way. Yeah. So, um, la- uh, the next one with the last, uh, player to officially join the class um, pre-December signing date. We'll be here in January, which was to mention both Hibbler and Hinton will as well. Uh, and I don't know if we mentioned that with Rohan Davis. He, too, is a January enrollee. Um, Rico Jackson, who we both saw in person because uh, Dillard High School sent a bunch of players to an interstate summer camp. A lot of them did very well not participating because he had just committed to Illinois about a week or two before with Rico Jackson, who physically looked spectacular. Every bit of 6'5", 300, and the right kind of frame. Interstate offered him, I'm, I'm not sure if it was that day or right after that day or what. South Carolina did the same. I think it was the same setup. Their players went to South Carolina camp. He didn't decommit it from Illinois, and then everything went quiet from like July to December when he shows up on entry state's official visit list for the last weekend. And they just 
I, quite frankly, I, I wonder, we don't know this for sure, I wonder if this was the situation of NC State really liked Rico Jackson, didn't have room for him in the class because they had already had four high school linemen committed. Charlie Simon backed out, and they immediately put Rico Jackson on speed dial and told him, hey, we got an opening now in our class. Yeah, to me, he's probably one of the more underrated players in this class. He's not rated as that highly. I like his film. He's a left tackle. He played for a great program against great competition. He has the size. Um, look, if you're looking for a last-minute offensive tackle, kind of hard to imagine you could do too much better than from an entry state standpoint than Rico Jackson. Yeah, I feel like it's hard to find, um, you know, kind of diamonds in the rough when it comes to offensive tackles because, you know, they're, it's such a premium position. But he definitely looks like um, someone who could be a really good player despite, um, you know, I don't really understand why he's rated so low. Like you said, he's going against great competition and performing really well. But, yeah, um, he looked great at NC State's camp. Um, I, I'm also curious if it was a situation where if it just there just wasn't um, enough room for him in the class. But I was – it's a great job by Coach 2J to, um, you know, uh, build that relationship really fast after he got here and um, secure his first um, high school commitment while on staff here. Uh, next was the young man who committed on – the day after Thanksgiving, better known as the day NC State beat North Carolina in double overtime in Chapel Hill. Um, so good timing on his part. One-time Vanderbilt commit Kelvin McBride um, from Mobile, Alabama, from um, from uh, Cottage Hill Christian Academy, if I'm right. Another yep. um, kid, you mentioned him with Kamal Bonner. He can run. I, I don't think he played safety like Bonner. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I think he, he did. Played. He did play a little bit of safety. Yeah. I know he did some kick returns as well. He's got track time, so you know he legitimately runs well. Uh, apparently a legit 6'3", too. 6'2". I think he was at a rival combine with 6'2 and a half, if I remember right. Um, so got some legit height. Um, you talked to Kelvin quite a bit. You weren't surprised he flipped from Vanderbilt to NC State. So what's your impression of Kelvin? Yeah, he's another guy kind of similar to Kamal, who they were offered around the same time too. But um, once we started talking, I, I got the feeling that um, he would be interested in NC State. But he wanted to focus on his senior season, didn't really worry much about recruiting. So it was pretty much um, silence for the entire fall until he started to iron out a visit plan towards the end of the season. Took his visit once the season wrapped up, and um, yeah, NC State made the impression and another great impression. Uh, it's clear that um, Tony Gibson right now, um, he, he has the respect of um, pretty much any recruit right now because he is putting on together such an elite defense year in and year out and an elite linebacker room, and I think that had an impact on Kelvon. And once he got up here, um, I mean, he liked what he saw and decided to make the flip from Vanderbilt. Um, yeah, but so I believe on other sites for a little while, he was actually listed as a wide receiver. Um, so that that's how athletic he is. He was still a three-star prospect as a wide receiver, um, played a lot there and um, a lot on like in the secondary. And yeah, and one, like the fourth or fifth clip in his huddle highlight reel is him returning a punt for a touchdown, which if you can add a linebacker with that type of athleticism, again, pretty late in the cycle. Um, that's, an, that's another good addition to the class and one that's um, worth getting excited about, especially 
when um, linebacker isn't the most urgent need as in terms of like a plug and play. You can have this guy sit with Gibson for a couple years, um, bulk up a little bit, really develop those skills, and um, he could be a really exciting player. Yeah, I like to say develop them at their pace versus your pace. So with you develop the players at the pace that they can be developed versus trying mm-hmm. to force them to be developed at the pace you need them to be developed. There is a big difference. Uh, by the way, Calvin McBride and then later uh, Torrente Hinton are the first two players from Alabama to uh, sign with Dave Dorm. So <laughs> he expanded his recruiting map. Uh, one of my favorite young men to talk to in this class, I think I can speak for Ethan, one of his favorites, is uh, Jack Myers. He's a um, rated four stars by some people. By the way, McBride will be here early. Um, Jack Myers will be here early in January. Some people rate him four stars. I think his consensus is three. Um, plays for Christ School near Asheville. Great. We both watched him play the same game. So, I, yeah, he unfortunately got hurt, hurt his ankle in that game. Um, missed the second half. But in the first half, he made a nice impression against Providence Day in Charlotte, which may be the most talented team in the state. Like he, he, he belonged on the field. They had about 1,800 wide receivers at Providence Day who were going to be playing Power 5 football in the next couple of years. Yeah. So, um, had a couple of real nice kick returns, but they had a hard time keeping up with them. So, um, I really like Jack Myers. I think he could play safety on nickel. They, they list him as a safety on com, but just a joy to talk with. Yeah, and um, I've talked to him, and he's told me that safety and nickel are both possibilities for him at the collegiate level. He's someone that I'm really excited about. I was impressed when I saw him live. I've been impressed when um, I saw his tape, and he's like – literally on the consensus just a couple like percentage point like tenths of a point away from being a four star so he's um he's right on that edge but um he's someone definitely worth getting excited about um he'll be here early um and you know he's an elite athlete i believe he's also just like an extremely good high jumper i think he was really close to the north carolina state record but um he's someone worth getting excited about not great offer list that um he committed to NC State over and um, just a super, um, super charismatic guy. And um, something to watch I'm just going to throw in there is he is very close with all of the Providence Day guys, which um, it's a good connection to have. Um, they're, they're class, they have like five in the top 20 for the 2024 class in North Carolina. So um, he, he, he's like very good friends with some of those guys. Having him on campus is going to be um, a good uh, – a good thing for a few years and um he's also um i believe aiden white went to christ school as well right yep he did yeah they were. So this um continues a bit of a christ school pipeline and um hey if zach myers can be as good as aiden white then that secondary will be in a good spot yeah yeah they do have one of the best players in the state next year by the way linebacker mm-hmm. jones um it might be seeing how much of a shot entry state has with him but um also worth worth noting there too um another young man who probably one of the most mature young men i've ever talked with um is obadiah obasuyu who is a massive offensive tackle from uh alpharetta high in alpharetta georgia um a legit six six plus 290 300 pound range but 
the flame on him is different. It's not, it's an athletic looking flame. I mean, I, I'm willing to bet you that this may be the best group of physically looking linemen NC State has ever signed. Um, Obadiah had, had a handful of Power 5 offers. You know, here's an interesting story. He was actually visiting Duke, who had offered him. And they made an impromptu, unscheduled visit to NC State while in the area. And I think NC State was a giant former offensive line coach, John Garrison, was like, whoa, who's this kid? And they went down to his high school to check him out and ended up offering him. Uh, I want to say he had at least a half a dozen Power 5 offers. But um, – I think he's large alignment, but you cannot teach that kind of body, that kind of frame. This was um, his first season playing full-time on the offensive line. He um, he transferred to Alpharetta this year. Yep. And um, before that, he was having to play some, like I believe, defensive tackle and spend some time on defense in this season. He really just got to lock in as a tackle, which um, is exciting, and I'm glad he got that development. And um, – yeah, like you said, uh, one of the most um, mature high schoolers I've ever talked to. Um, I want to read this quote on um, on the podcast because it was so good. He, uh, I asked him uh, if Coach uh, Beck leaving would have any impact on his recruitment, and because um, he had just had uh, like an in-home visit with Beck like that day or I think the day before, but. Um, eh, I'll just read the quote. He said, hey, Ethan, I don't know if it was just unfortunate unfortunate timing or God's plan, but me posting Coach Beck this morning after our breakfast yesterday has nothing to do with my commitment with State. One man may have had an influence on my decision, but it took a pact for me to commit. And I, come on, that's that's <laughs> awesome. I, I, know, um, I know NC State fans are fired up hearing that. And, um, yeah, another guy who was just, you know, NC State all the way, um, was super solid on his commitment, and um, even with the – you know, his position coach changed, didn't worry about it. And, and hats off to um, Coach 2J again. Um, as soon as he was, like, officially hired, he was on the road to go see him. And, um, yeah, uh, another, like you said, um, great, um, physically just impressive offensive lineman. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ethan, you and I get paid to write, and we're not good, that good to Exactly, yeah. He might be coming for a job. Um, you know, at the beginning of this recruiting cycle, I think NC State had two running backs they were really, really targeting. Uh, one was Dalen Smothers from Charlotte, whom they made a great run at. Uh, came down to NC State, Oklahoma, Florida State, picked Oklahoma. Some chatter that he almost reconsidered that late, but got the feeling that that was a bit overblown a little bit. Um, the other was Kendrick Raphael from Naples High in Naples, Florida. You know, NC State was one of the first Power Five offers for Kendrick Raphael. He ended up being some services regarded him as a four star. Ethan can tell you how close he ended. He too ended up being a, a consensus four star. He came close, but wasn't quite. Um, he visited Iowa, NC State, BYU in June. Picked Iowa. Looked like it was over. NC State got Kyron Jones at running back. Uh, I he blew up, and then the, the whole running back recruiting cycle was just wacky. Um, Kendrick Raphael backed off that Iowa players. I don't know if he watched about two Iowa games and realized, well, this offense, I don't know if I'm going to run in this offense. But uh, ends up flipping NC State. Of course, Kyron Jones backed off of NC State uh, the week of signing day. 
So, but they end up getting one of the guys that they originally targeted at the position, a highly, highly productive running back to out of Naples High School. Yeah, um, I was pretty surprised and a little um, caught off guard when he committed to Iowa originally. Because when I spoke to him after his NC State official visit, I was like, oh, he's in a and State's in a great spot here. But, um, you know, it, it's great to, that they were able to maintain that communication once he opened it back up. Um, again, they um, fought off some good programs. Um, when, when we spoke, um, I spoke to him actually when he was on the way home from an App State official visit. And um, he was in the process of um, planning Penn State and Oregon trips. Um, those trips didn't happen. Um, NC State was able to um, close out his recruitment very quickly in an impressive way and um, without actually um, having him on campus that fall before that. Uh, I believe he was he was on campus um, in December, but before that, his most recent visit was June. So being able to, um, you know, keep that communication going and secure a commitment is huge. Um, as a football player, um, the production is what jumps off the page. Again, he was competing at a high level in Florida and um, had, I believe, over 1,700 yards in a really run heavy offense, but still he shared the backfield with, I believe another like four star, like a thousand yard rusher. So um, really impressing, impressive stuff from him. Um, especially important considering uh, Chiron ended up um, flipping. Um, we don't know where yet, but um, Georgia's, the, oh, we didn't, he ended up signing. Okay. Good time with Georgia. Um, but that's a, it's a big deal to have him in the class and it really salvages um, the running back recruiting, which I know was a position of concern for a lot of NC state fans um, towards the latter part of the summer. Um, yeah. I kind of entered into a relationship with Charlotte Christian with Kyron Jones, kind of been an up and down relationship with NC state over the years under Dave Dorn, but um, tough one. If there was one that got away, I feel like Kyron Jones was probably at the top of that list because uh, he was an elite athlete and a lot of, uh, you know, he just kind of flew under the radar. But by the end of the fall, you can make a case. He was a, probably a top 10 guy in the state of North Carolina. If you yep. if you were to re-rank the players based strictly and starting over and not having, you know, sometimes where you rank them originally plays a role in how the final rankings look. Um, you would think Kyron's probably a top 10 guy in the state. But, um Raphael will be here in the spring as well. I don't know if I mentioned that with Obadiah Obasuyu, but I think he's as well coming in the spring. Also coming in the spring, uh, continuing that trend of impressive-looking offensive linemen is Darian Rivers from West Charlotte, legitimate 6'5", 6'6", 260, probably the skinniest and the leanest. Very raw, no question about it, very raw. But what you can't teach is a lineman that moves like that an alignment that looks like that. And he was a former basketball player, just kind of new to the football game. Um, so you just can't teach that upside with a player like Darion, who I believe is an on three, four star. Yes, yes. Well. He, um, when I spoke to him in June at one of NC State's camps, um, he told me he didn't have a dream school until he came to NC State. And he was the second member of the class of 2023 and has been solid ever since, despite um, getting um, calls from, wasn't it like Florida and someone else? And, Penn State. Um, 
Florida yeah. Some some major some major offer or not offers, but um calls from those schools. And um, you know, yeah, he, he is a legit six six and um a very intriguing um talent on three scouting reports said he has um like top one hundred NFL um potential as far as the draft goes. That that's um that's an exciting thing to hear if you're an NC State fan and um probably very exciting if you're coach two J as well. Um Another guy who's just solid all the way with NC State. Um, you know, once he has a couple years to develop, he could be um, he could be a very good player. Yeah, I think the key for him too is how quickly does he get adjusted in the strength room? How quickly does he mm-hmm. build it up? And, and and he's new to football. He's only been playing football a few years. He was a basketball guy before that. So how quickly can he learn the physicality? Yeah, up the position. Um, you know. The next time, man, I kind of link with Jack. All the guys are good guys. I, Ethan talked to more of them than I have. But on the ones I've talked to, the three, probably four that really, really stood out to me. And another one, if you hear my Christmas clock playing in the background here, uh, that means it's 1 o'clock. Um, Isaiah Shirley from Watauga High in Boone, North Carolina. He was a long-time guy on the NC State radar. And he ended up having a pretty solid power five offers. I mean, it may have been, been double digits, power five offers. Um, good fit for the three-man front. He plays in a three-man front. I will tell you this, having seen him in person, two things. One, Wataga, excellent high school field. That is incredible scenery in Boone, North Carolina. Number two, he could play tight end too now. I mean, he's being recruited at defensive lineman, but I'm telling you, this kid could be a really nice tight end as well. Um, great head on his shoulders. Um, really nice young, one of the nicest young men you'll ever talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know Charlie Wilde is probably excited to get somebody like that to coach. Yeah, and he should be. I mean, he and he pre produced um really well his senior year. Um, really athletic at um 6'4, 235 was what jumped out to me. Like you said, he can play tight end. Um, when, when I talked to his coach before the season and um, he told me that, you know, he, he had um, he had two catches or something like that. He had two touchdowns and I believe only three catches his um, junior year. It's like, oh, we'll get him involved a little more. Um, and um, yeah, he had a great senior year um, on three things really highly of him. Has him about at an 88, which is um, kind of getting close to that four star status. And um if you need any confirmation, if you're out there like, oh, you know, he's out in um, Western North Carolina, what's the competition like there? He went to the Shrine Bowl this week and dominated. He had a great week there. So um, I'm really excited about him. And like you said, perfect fit for the scheme. Um, I, I think he'll, um, in a couple of years, he'll be on that defensive line and playing really well. Yeah. The, the fourth guy that really stood out when I talked to him was Kamen Smith, who's next on the list. Isaiah Surly, by the way, will be here in the spring. Yep. Um, Cayman Smith from Wilkes Central. You know, it's interesting. Isaiah Shirley and Cayman Smith come from what's called Northwest North Carolina, which is kind of once you get past the triad of North Carolina, once you get past Winston-Salem, everything west and north of that, they're called Northwest North Carolina. And it's not known for producing a heck of a whole lot of prospects. You'll get a good showing from Mount Airy um, every now and then, but that's about it. But this year with your Nick, Isaiah Shirley and Boone, and then Cayman Smith in Wilkesboro at Wilkes Central High School. Now, NC State 
really got ahead of the game on him. That was good because as I noted in our, our bio on the signing day blog, the schools that finished runners up on Cayman Smith were UNC and Virginia Tech. They didn't stop. No, nope. they really they really wanted this young man. He also had South Carolina got on him. Mm-hmm. Offer Duke and Wake Forest offered him. Just about everybody except maybe Virginia and Tennessee and Clemson from a bordering state offered him at the Power Five by time it was over. He was one of my favorite players I watched in person um, this, this fall. Um, I think he had a chance to end up being – nobody rated him a four-star, and I think he had a chance to be one of the underrated guys in this class. I think he's my favorite offensive lineman of, of the group personally. Yeah. Um, in terms of what I've seen from him on the field. Um, I love how hard he plays on both side of, sides of the ball. Um, at 6'4", 275, it's like right on the edge of, um, oh, is this guy a guard? Is he a tackle? Um, so that'll be interesting to figure that out. Um, I believe um, he told me that he can play, or the, and the coaches believe he can play pretty much anywhere on the line. So, you know, it's good to have someone someone with that um, type of versatility. And um, – I mean, yeah, when you look at the schools that were interested in it, in him, um, it was um, it's a very impressive list. There were a couple other schools that came in late, in addition to um, schools like Virginia Tech continuing to try to flip him. Um, so it's, a, it's good that they kept him in the class, good that they signed him. Um, one thing I did want to note is because we've talked about Shirley, Smith, and Myers now. Um, all three of them visited um, NC State the same weekend officially. And um, they spent a lot of time together and they got really close on that visit. And I think that weekend was massive for the class. I think um, you had a um, at a point where Cayman Smith could have really gone to any of those three finalists. Um, I think um, I think that official visit weekend, spending time with Shirley, spending time with Myers. I think those two became those three became good friends and that helped secure um, all three of their commitments. Um, I believe um, Shirley and Myers both committed on the trip and then uh and then um, Smith committed a little later because his recruitment got um, started a little bit later. But, yeah, that was a massive weekend for them. Um, yeah, the Western North Carolina boy, because, you know, Myers is from the Asheville, which is not northwest, but it is Western North Carolina. So to kind of get two mountain guys and Shirley and Myers and one very close uh, to the mountains and, and Smith, which, by the way, is another really nice football stadium. I think I texted Ethan a picture of the Wilkes Central football mm-hmm. stadium. It's very pretty up there. Uh, the first commit in the class, the quarterback of the class, Lex Thomas. Um, he is, yes, Taylor and Drake Thomas, his youngest brother. Um, he was the quarterback of the group. He, um, a lot of people are going to think NC State offered him because he was a Thomas brother, but I will tell you this. They never pursued another high school quarterback after he committed. Um, he would, he would uh, you know, if, if it was a courtesy offer, you would have thought NC State would be pursuing a second quarterback in this class, and that was not the case. You know, I know from being around when he committed as a junior, if it was somebody that NC State really, really liked, they had him make all the throws. Tim Beck had him make all the throws. Um, they measured his everything to make, you know, the size is the question mark. We can't get around it. 5'11", 175, or I actually think Go Pack had him at like 190, so he may be bulking up even more. But he can make throws. 
you know, his arm strength is better than the size would indicate. I like the it factor on him. Um, he's got good command of the offense. Other players seem to gravitate towards him. They didn't get Noah Rogers, but the reason why they were in the game with five-star Noah Rogers was Lex Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why they probably got Kevin Concepcion was Lex Thomas. So, um, it's going to be interesting to see how I, I never doubt a Thomas brother now after seeing both of them at entry state. Uh, he does have that kind of magnetic personality. He looks like he's got a command of the offense. Now, he did injure his shoulder senior year, so you have to see how that factors into it, and you'll have to see how does the size and the height play into the position. So those would be my question marks. But um, you know, the bottom line is that they got one of the quarterbacks they wanted in the class, and I don't think it was a courtesy situation at all. Yeah, I didn't get to see um... – Lex play live this year um, before his injury. But um, one thing I did like um, watching his highlights is how he makes plays off script. Like a lot, there's a lot of plays where he's scrambling around, he's running around and um, just delivers a rope to a receiver. And I really like that. Um, I did see him throw at camp and he looked really impressive. I, I, I thought, um, I thought he looked great at camp. Um, he was there for um, a few days, one weekend and um, threw, I think at two of the three and um, what impressed me there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, like, like you said, um, I mean, like, you know, Matt and I might know some about something about football and quarterback evaluation, the coaching staff definitely does. And they know a lot. And if they're comfortable enough, um, only recruiting Lex for this class, then, um, I think that's as much of a vote of confidence as, as you could ask for. Yeah. Um, last but not least, and I think the biggest winner of the change of offensive coordinator from Tim Beck to Robert and I. Uh, the other on-three consensus four-star in the class, tight end Javante Vereen. He is an on-three consensus four-star, right? He's yep. Okay. From Havelock High in Havelock, North Carolina. That is not a school NC State's had a lot of luck with, even though they, they have routinely brought out a prospect or two. Seems like every other year. Um, but they jumped in early on Vereen. And Vereen's interesting. He's a tight end, but you really need to have a role for a pass-catching tight end. To bring him in so um you know georgia offered him early but then they got a couple of other tight ends i think maryland and louisville were also strongly in the mix um but interstate just did a real nice job of prioritizing him early and you know who kind of reminds me of aronde gatson who just was the first team all acc blow up i mean he came from yep. nowhere this year but robert and i one year at syracuse he turned into one of the best receiving threats and complete mismatches in the ACC with the ability to move him around. Javante Green is really a, a big receiver. You know, how well he can get that physicality. Yeah, may, may not, if they use him like a Rondé Gatson, that may not be as big a question mark either. But uh, I think he's a big winner and the new hire at offensive coordinator. Yeah, and um, you said that stood out to you, and I, I'll, I'll tell you, it stood out to him too. Um, I, I, I talked to him a couple times, and uh, we talked about um, the coaching changes, and um, he's he's pretty fired up about it. Um, he, he's excited for how they're going to be able to get them the ball. I mean, yeah, like the past two places that um, Anaya's coached, it, it led to two first-team All-ACC tight ends. So 
Um, the tight end is going to be a big part of this offense in a pass catching role, and that's going to fit um, Javante perfectly. We saw him live. Um, um, he plays pretty much exclusively outside receiver for them and um, had the speed to beat cornerbacks off the line and then the physicality to embarrass them. Um, I really enjoyed uh, um, watching him play, and his highlights are very impressive. Um, if he can bulk up a little bit and uh, keep the speed he has right now, then um, he has all ACC potential. Yeah. Dr. May, that was against Newbern High, state champion. I think he had like six catches for 90 yards Yep, in that game. Made a couple of real nice contested catches, if you like to see, um, in, in that game. So, uh, you know, over 1,000 yards received in the last two years for Javante Vereen, by the way, as well. So a lot of productive players in this class. That's all of them. Now, look, there's going to be more guys coming in February. We didn't talk about the transfer guys too much. That'll be another time, another place, because we're up to an hour already on this podcast, and I know – some of you guys are probably dying to go to the bathroom or get a bite to eat or something like that. So um, we're going to wrap that up there. But, Ethan, thank, congratulations on your first signing day with the Wolfpacker. Thank you. .com. Great work. Um, and it's been an excellent addition to our coverage. It's a good class. Yeah, I said last year, Dave Dorn had kind of figured out his formula of being a developmental school. They develop players. He once told me flat out that we won't look like Clemson when they get here, but we're going to look like Clemson when they get out of here. And this class is full of guys that fit that mold. You look at those linemen, the guys like the uh, linebackers that have so much room to grow. You look at a Javante Vereen, and you look at an Isaiah Shirley that got a lot of room to grow. Um, I think you got a lot of guys in this class that are going to, get off the bus in three or four years and teams are going to go, whoa, how did we miss on that kid? And that, that's the kind of the NC State specialty under Dave Dorn. So just right up the alley, I'll say real quick too, 10 of the 17 had enough Power 5 offers to take official visits to all five of them on a Power 5 school. So something to consider there. Seven were rated a four-star by at least one service. So this is a pretty well-recruited, well-regarded class. It'll probably end up somewhere, where, what do you think, it's in 35, 40 range nationally? Um, yeah, depending on who they at. Right now, they're at 38. Um, so I think like, um, I think we might see a little bit of a ratings bump at one point, and then another addition or two will probably get them up to around 35. Yeah. But we know that NC State has traditionally overperformed their rankings because of what I just talked about. So, you know, it's not a stretch to think that if these guys reach their potential, they'll keep that top 25 program status well and alive uh, down the road. So, um, quick reminder, again, check out our sponsor, roadshop.com. Uh, please uh, like this video on YouTube. Leave a comment if you want. Um, rate us, review us, do whatever you're supposed to do on the uh, podcast listening side of things. And that'll do it for this Wolfpacker signing day press conference, for, uh, not press conference, podcast. For Ethan McDowell, I'm Matt Carter. Thanks for listening.